Live from Miami, Florida, the foodie presents WTF. Where's the food? What is up? What is going on? And we're back for another episode of WTF. Where's the food presented by the Hala guys. This is season two, episode number six. Thank you guys for joining me. The show is not possible without you guys so thank you again for listening each and every week of course you can follow me on social media twitter facebook and the most important instagram at the foodie t-h-e-f-o-o-d-e of course the website thefoodie.com t-h-e-f-o-o-d-e.com got an episode rundown there with photos links pictures everything we talk about on today's episode and every episode you can see there and of course more info on our great sponsors for wtf words of food um and you could listen to full episodes of wtf words of food on the website as well of course you could listen to wtf words of food wherever you get your podcasts and listen to it doesn't matter apple Podcasts, google play soundcloud stitcher spotify the show is on there for you to listen to if you do listen on apple Podcasts, leave me a review on there today depending on when you're listening to this this is tuesday november 6th it is voting day in america so Go out and vote. I don't care who you vote for because this show is not about politics or anything. It's about food. But just go out and vote. Make a difference. Go out and vote. Voting Day in America. So depending on when you're listening, you might be listening after voting day. I don't care about the results. All that matters is that you went out and voted. So let's run down episode number six of WTF Where's the Food presented by the Halal Guys. Going to be joined by Manny from Doggy Style Miami Hot Dogs. You know, I've known Manny for some time now. He's always, every time I run into him, he's always told me about this hot dog cart he wanted to start in Miami. And look where he is today. He has his first brick-and-mortar location in Little Haiti. We're going to talk to him about that, talk to him about hot dogs, the story, the come-up, all the struggles, and so much more on today's episode. Of course, can't forget food news. Lots of holiday food products coming real soon, and I'll tell you about those. And, of course, the food porn of the week this week coming to us from at Mr. Eats 305 So what do you say? Let's kick off today's episode with my conversation with Manny from Doggy Style Miami Hot Dogs. I've known Manny for some time now, back in the Pad Pong uh, Road. It was a bar upstairs, Kong River House, all that, back in the days. And you know what about Manny that I loved? He would always tell me that he wanted to open this hot dog cart, some kind of hot dog concept. He's like, it's coming soon, coming soon. Every time I go to the bar, coming soon, coming soon. And today we are here, and he has his first brick-and-mortar store, from the, the cart concept to the brick-and-mortar. Manny from Doggy Style Miami Hot Dogs, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. For sure, bro. I mean, you know, we go way back, like back in the Definitely. day. Used to hit him up, be like, "Yo, can you get me in or what?" He's like, "Yeah, come through." And then we'll just talk about hot dogs and all that stuff. Um, so props to you for kind of like following your dreams, staying true to to yourself in a sense. Like you, you had this thought, this concept in you, and you're like, "I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep pushing it, and and I'm gonna make it a reality." So. You've you've come to you've hit like one of your dreams essentially. Definitely. So um, before we talk about more about doggy style, how you kind of brought it up, I want to know a little bit more about you. How like you originally from Miami? Yes. Um. Well, I'm born in Puerto Rico. My parents are Dominican. Consider myself Dominican, but yeah, I've been here since I was like ten years old. So pretty much Miamian. Miami. And so when you were growing up here, what you did you always want to be a chef or have like a restaurant? Definitely. I mean, um, my mom was like the cook in the family. She was always, you know, a, a hustler. So she was always make cakes on the side, you know, catering orders on the side. So that's kind of where I picked up like that ability from from my mom. And when it was time to, you know, get a job, I thought, well, there, 
place can I do besides the kitchen? I thought that that's where my skills best applied. Mm-hmm. And from there, I just grew. And of course, I always had just dreams of owning a restaurant and kind of creating something from scratch. What, uh, what your first job, what was it like? In the- my first job was at a Chinese restaurant. My friend John NG, I, was, I remember I was in ninth grade, just starting ninth grade. Ninth grade. Ninth grade, and his parents had a Chinese restaurant, and he offered me um, a buster job on the weekends. And at the time, you know, I, oh, I need some extra money on the weekends, you know, 50 bucks here and there. And it started from there. For, for From that first job, it started like a love affair with like the industry and like the whole restaurant world. So when you kind of got that love affair, you know, working in your first restaurant, did you go back to mom's like, mom, teach me some stuff. Let, let me make some stuff. Teach yeah. me your recipes. Well, I mean, my I was since I was the youngest, I was the one to help my mom always with the cooking. Okay. So I, always, I already knew what to do. And then, of course, I worked in the restaurant. And when it came time to like, you know, finish high school, I had to go to like secondary you know, college university I, I picked the cordon blue and that's where i kind of realized okay um uh, measured a, a, amongst a group of my peers mm-hmm. i guess classmates i realized okay like i guess i'm pretty good at, I, I guess i'm good at this or more natural than other people so that's why i just went harder man from there i just went from working straight to the beach as soon as i went to the cordon blue the next job i had was south beach downtown from there i said i'm gonna play with the big boys now you know so you, you did go to school to, to become yes. a chef, essentially. Yes, yes. I did go to Le Cordon Bleu to, I guess, you know, practice my, you know, pack, practice my craft, you know, sharpen my knife, if you may say, you know. Mm-hmm. Go through there, learn the fundamentals. That's something that, of course, my mom couldn't have shown me. My mom has had the natural ability and, like, kind of like the swag, you may say, you know. She had that sauce, you know. But that like, sauce. Yeah, exactly. So do, you think, do you think now after going to school and where you're at today, do you think it was essential for you to go to school to, to study this in a sense? Uh, I think it was essential for me to go to school to, of course, measure myself amongst the other people. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was essentially, I don't know. Of course, now there's a lot more other ways. You know, New York, FIU has a culinary a hospitality program. Miami Day College does too. Back when I was starting, there were really no options besides, you know, uh, Le Cordon Bleu or, you know, I, um, Art Institute type of stuff. So, I think it's an essential is as far as starting. I mean, as far as finishing it, maybe not necessarily. I guess I guess they got my foot into the door. It was a great selling point. You know, not having much experience to go work at higher fine dining places. Mm-hmm. I guess that made it more that that, they, that that made it more lucrative for me to get those jobs. But necessarily at the end of the day, when it came time to finish it, just because you finish the program doesn't necessarily mean that you're the top of your class or you're a world renowned chef. I think that just it just depends how you practice your craft. You can go to school for music, but it doesn't mean that you can make hits. You know, that's really how you... That's It's all like you see you practicing, practicing, exactly. practicing, and, and eventually one day you're going to strike gold. You know Definitely. what I mean? Um, so why hot dogs? Why hot dogs? Honestly, I was working fine in dining and... What what fine dining restaurants were I worked you... at the Bazaar. So as a chef, I worked at the J. Dillard Marquise, which okay. was connected to DB Bistro at the time. Now okay. I changed names. I opened up the SLS. Um, I specifically worked at the Bazaar and mm-hmm. at Hyde Beach. Um, so I was working those finer and dining type things. And I said, you know what? I want to start something from scratch. And my brother gave me this, like, my brother one day had, like, a joke. Like, oh, it would be cool if there's a hot dog joint called Doggy Style, right? <laughs> so when it came time to open something, I saw an opportunity to vend food at, at a park downtown. And I said, what easier thing to do besides hot dogs? And that's where the name Doggy Style, like, came back into my mind. And I said, let me start it simple, something that's, you know, simple, good quality but done right and start from there and from there the dream started so so what was kind of like the menu when you first started at, at the park the menu when i first started at the park was just simple like a 
regular hot dog. There's like ketchup and mustard. And then the other hot dog had like a pico de gallo and like a pineapple relish. And I sold chips, regular drinks, waters, simple things. Just really, I was under a blue tent at a skate park in downtown Miami, kind of like in the middle of nowhere, you know, mm -hmm. before the whole boom, before everything happened. Yeah. And then you went on to Frost, right? You did yes, I went on to Frost. So while I was working this tent, I worked at the Bazaar. I worked at Kong where I met you. Yeah. I worked with 50 Eggs. I did a lot of the corporate Hustling. events. Hustling, you know, learning what I can do and also working with uh, 50 Eggs and working with these top-end chefs and business owners. They gave me the motivation to kind of keep pursuing it because they saw that really what it takes at the end of the day is just hustle hard work and dedication you know so if you got those things you can make things happen you know i mean and when on paper when you when you have frost i'm like that's that's a great accomplishment that's maybe yeah. the step one and you were there supposed to be for what just a couple months a couple, and you ended a up couple weeks and ended up being a couple months that's awesome that's awesome it, it just also shows the it, it also goes to show what we can handle they loved it you know and it kind of became a fixture there that people were calling the frost asking for us okay to make sure we were open and that's why it kind of <laughs> you know they maybe want to let me go a little bit sooner, but they really couldn't, you know? And then now your first brick and mortar store. My first brick and mortar store, yes. In Little Haiti. In Little Haiti, yes. Tell me, so you told me why you picked that location, but yes. tell, tell the people why you picked uh, well, Little Haiti. Well, the Little Haiti location, well, I was at the yard in Wynwood, right? And, of course, I said, you know what, I want to build something. I want to start from something. And I saw the Little Haiti location, and I saw, man, this there's so much potential here. Of course, we all know what's happening in Miami, you know, space are getting pushed back. Things are mm -hmm. coming up. You know, places like Wynwood, places like Design District are coming to life now. So I say, you know what, Little Haiti is on the forefront of that. And nobody's kind of really seen that or people are maybe too scared to pioneer the street. Because I was really one, besides Chef Creo, who's a staple, mm -hmm. I was really the only new other food concept on the street that's trying to do something a little bit different and trying to include everybody as well, the whole city. Um, so I saw that the area was overlooked, therefore it's underserved. And I said, let me be the one to serve this community and also um, open up the community to more people as well. And one thing you did, you don't know about Manny, he does everything. You painted, you built this place like all yourself, right? Definitely, with yes, yes, definitely. I mean, it just goes to show that with dedication, hard work, and um, effort, you can go a long way. So we redid the, con me, and my, me and my partner and, you know, some friends that we got for the weekends, we redid did all the concrete, we painted everything, we cleaned all the equipment, we cleaned the alleyways, we changed ACs. Of course, anything to cut costs. Anything to cut costs, man. Hey, you got to make it happen at the end of the day. And you expanded the menu, right, at that point? Yes, definitely. Now, of course, before when I was on, the, when I was on my little trailer, I didn't have much equipment or much like space to store a lot of things. So I was mm -hmm. very limited, but luckily we handled a lot of, a lot of volume. So it made, it, it, it made business sense. But now... Was having an actual brick and mortar location. Now we have a fryer. Now we have a freezer. So now we can do a lot more items. And now we can do introduce a proper burger, a great chicken sandwich. And now we do things like the beet burgers. Of course, you know about the carrot dogs. We always had that. But now we can do things like beet burgers. So it's great. It's definitely great to expand the menu and show people what we can do besides just the, of course, our great, our, like our greatest hit, the hot dogs, but also kind of expand it more as well. Now you have great hot dogs on the menu. The yeah. carrot dog, you said, you know, the Tijuana dog, all this stuff. Do you get that customer that comes in and just, I want a hot dog with just ketchup or ketchup of course, mustard? Of course, of course. Maybe just sauerkraut, just mustard. You know, you get those old school, those old school heads, the, yeah. hot, the old hot dog heads, yeah. I'll call them. But those are the people I love because at the end of the day, that's kind of how I eat my hot dog, you know, like just ketchup. Oh, so that's your preferred way? That's my preferred way, ketchup and mustard, to be honest. Okay, you know? so tell me about the carrot dog because you do have something, a vegan option for yes. people that don't like hot dogs or don't like me. I mean, I knew that taking on taking on the hot dog idea would be a challenge, especially because I know now, of course, you know, people are, 
tend to eat more healthier, which mm-hmm. is completely understandable. And I'm with that as well. Smarter consumers now. Smarter consumers, of course. That's why we use 100% kosher beef franks, you know, no byproducts. And um, the carrot dog is one of those things because I was serving a vegetarian like tofu dog. And I personally didn't like it, but people wanted something vegetarian, uh, an alternative. So I said, you know what? Let me make something from scratch. Because then people would ask me, what's inside this tofu dog? And I said, <laughs> worse than a regular hot dog, you know? <laughs> so I said, you know what? Let me make something that's whole, 100% wholesome, natural, a carrot dog. So that's when I came up with the idea of the carrot dog. You know, working in these fine end establishments, I learned how to sous vide things very good, marinate them really nice, and kind of make anything that, like, play around with food in a way that you can make it mimic anything that you really want, you know? I can tell you the hot dog dog, the hot the dog, carrot the dog. carrot dog is amazing. Appreciate it. Appreciate like it. surprised me by far. I hadn't had it. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a meat kind of guy and I loved it. Like I would totally order it, you know, a regular dog and then the carrot of dog. Of course, I mean, the carrot dog surprisingly to us, you know, and to me, it's been that thing that people actually come back for the mm-hmm. most, you know, like people like the hot dogs, but after you try the carrot dog, you're pretty much hooked, you know, because there's you really are. no other alternative. Because, of course, you can get a hot dog anywhere. You can. People say, oh, I can make my own hot dogs at the house, you whatever. Can. Just, I exactly. mean, it's but, uh, not the best meat, essentially, exactly, or whatever, but exactly, you could. Exactly. You know, and people sometimes are shopping on the budget, so I understand. But the carrot dog is something that you just can't have nowhere else, and it can't be replicated. So it's something that, of course, entices the people, and as soon as they bite it, and also kind of lets the people, even, even non-vegetarians love it, but it also lets them know, like, oh, wow, these guys are pushing it, and these guys are really being creative, and, like, not kind of see what they're doing a little bit, you know? I can tell you that uh, one thing that really would, I, I think people would come back for the flan cocho. The flan cocho, that's my mom's recipe right there. That's one of those things that my mom showed me that I kept with me. Every time I did, you know, when I was doing um, job applications or like, you know, chef's tastings, that would be my go-to thing right there. Because I said, nobody's really doing this, you know. Let's tell people what a flan cocho is. A flan cocho is, is a Dominican rum cake and a, and a flan on top and it has a coconut cream in the middle. So this is something that I've been making. For as long as I can remember, because my mom's been making it since before I was born. So at the restaurant, is it your mom's recipe 100%? 100% my mom's recipe, yes. Wow, so your mom used to make this on the regular. My mom still makes this on the regular. Now when now it's Thanksgiving coming up. Now we have a bunch of orders <laughs> coming up, you know? That's crazy. So, so yeah, that's just one of those things that I know how to make with my eyes closed, thanks, thankfully to my mom. And the way that the way it's done, most culinary people, you know, I worked with pastry chefs, they said, like, it makes no sense how it works. But it, the way we yeah, in the theory, way we make when it, you say you're like rum cake and then flying top, it's not gonna work. But people it does. think that like it's baked separately, yeah. like <laughs> baked separately and put together. But no, it's baked within each other, and like the way it comes out is just magical. And this has been one of those things that really, really shows people how creative we are. And that's one thing I want to do with doggy style: is show people that we can have fun with fast casual, like with casual food that we always like to eat. Mm-hmm. But just make it more fun, great quality as well, and have a fun environment. And that's what doggy style is all about, you know. Now, if you weren't uh, running this concept of hot dog, yes. you know, is there another cuisine you think you would be like I mean, having your own? Of brigade? course, I mean, look, man, I have a lot more left in the tank. This is I'm not first... saying you don't. I'm of just course, saying, no, like... no, no, exactly. No, there's I have some other concepts in mind and some a concept that I'm actually starting to work on. Of course, you know, we know that doggy style is more of you know, it's more you know the fast casual, mm-hmm. more maybe the late night crowd, maybe a quick lunch festivals for sure. You know, we're, we're mobile and we have a location, so we always see it. A, a need for that but i also want to get into kind of i want to show people that i can do some a lot healthier food so i'm actually starting like a bowl concept hopefully soon okay that you know bowls all different types of uh grains all different types of proteins something that's you know that it fits today's times but it's modernized and maybe not something that's you know like like any other place so far but other cuisines i love asian i love thai love chinese i mean i worked every single cuisine so 
I definitely have ideas for all these type of cuisines, but of course, one at a time. Would you want to take doggy style national out of the state, out of different city? You know? Of course. I mean, the whole idea was doggy style is to replicate it as fast as possible. And one one of the visions I saw for doggy style is to be at places like arenas, stadiums, mm-hmm. places where hot dogs are sold already. Just take it up a notch. Exactly, exactly. And that's the whole idea for Doggy Style. Take it national, take it, put it in stadiums, put it in arenas, put it at festivals. Something that is brand recognizable, something like a Red Bull. You know, when you go to a festival, you don't ask for a coffee or something to wake me up. You you got Red Bulls, you know, like something like that. Like, you're not going to ask for a hot dog. You're going to ask for Doggy (laughs) Style, you know? Now, I ask this question to all my guests. So if you were to leave Doggy Style tonight, you're leaving the restaurant yeah. and you find a lottery ticket worth $10 million. What's the first thing you do besides go get the money? <laughs> um, man, damn. I, I dreamed about those type of days a lot. So, <laughs> we all do. <laughs> yeah. So now nah, first thing I'll do is, of course, um, I will take care of my parents. I'll take care of my mom with okay. everything, anything that she needs, you know, feed her up because I think that if me and my mom would put, we're to get together and open up a concept, something that she really wants to do because, to me, she's like the best cook in the world. So I would love to do something with my mom, of course, take care of any expenses that are related with any type of family stuff, mm-hmm. of course. And then, do Would s- you walk away from the restaurant? No, not at all, not at all. I will go harder into the restaurant. Now I'll be able to do exactly what I want to do because, man, this is started This started bootstrap, bro, you know, like... I know you... you exactly, from- I, started, I started from the bootstrap, so, like, I'm working on this. You know, I, I didn't have major funding i didn't even get a bank loan this is kind of just all of hustle and grind and make it going as we go you know as we earn we we reinvest so of course if i was to come up on some money like that i would definitely reinvest it into doggy style you know as well and um yeah man and also just maybe take care of those people that always believed in me along the way you know what's next for doggy style what's like you know where do you see yourself maybe in the next year to five years um what's next for doggy style i see myself i see ourselves inside of Inside of a st- inside, inside of a major the AAA? inside of Triple A inside Calling of Marlins sta- Mar- Marlins Stadium maybe you know depending okay. on how good the Marlins do you know <laughs> it doesn't matter it's a stadium exactly. right exactly no but the Triple A we actually do a lot of events with the Heat already we're a fixture in the Family Fun Fest for the last three years so we actually talked to them before already so that can be a possibility now that we have brick and mortars imagine when I was just doing the tent these people were thinking that the inside the arena would be a great idea, you know? Yeah. So now with the brick and mortar, I have a lot more to offer and a lot more to show. Well, Manny, thank you so much for coming on the show. You were a hustler. Like, Doggy Style is amazing. <laughs> thank you. Last week, we had an amazing meal there. Uh, tell people how they can follow you and check you out. Of course. Well, the first way to follow us will be on Instagram, Doggy Style M-I-A. That's Doggy with the Y. And then Style M-I-A. Also on Facebook. We also have a YouTube channel. You want to see exactly what we do. We have great content, great videos. That's uh, Doggy Style Miami on YouTube and DoggyStyleMiami.com as well. If you want to do any catering, we offer great catering. We do great parties. We cook on location. And um, that's it, man. And go check out their store, man. I mean, it's amazing. The store is nice, man. Hey, it's made, it's made by, with our bare hands, so it has a lot more charisma than most places. <laughs> A big thank you to Manny from Doggy Style Miami Hot Dogs for coming on the show. Make sure you go support him. Uh, Support local business if you're in the Miami area. Uh, Some great hot dogs doing some great stuff out there. Make sure you check him out. Doggy Style Miami Hot Dogs in Little Haiti. And we got more on the way on this episode of WCF Wars Food. Can't forget about food news and food porn coming up right after this message from our sponsor. Now, if you haven't heard by now, New York's most famous street food has come to Miami. The world-famous Halat Guys is now open in South Miami. Here's the address. 5966 South Dixie Highway, 
want to go there and enjoy the world-famous chicken and beef euro platter or sandwich. You can't forget about their famous white and red sauces either. It's all about the sauce. Now, the more white sauce, the better. And if you like spicy like me, the hot sauce is fire. Now, you've seen your friends post about it. You've seen me post about it. The Halal Guys on Instagram. Well, now you can enjoy this deliciousness for yourself at the new Halal Guys in South Miami, 5966 South Dixie Highway. Go for lunch or go for dinner and tell them that the foodie sent you. And for my people in Brickle, the Halal Guys is coming to your neighborhood in just a few weeks at the new 1010 Brickle Building on 10th. And also... A lot of guys in South Miami getting wings. These things are amazing. You're going to want to try them. I'll let you know when they're released, but they're coming real soon. Just posted a photo on Instagram so you can see what these things are, and they look amazing. Shout out to the Hala guys. Make sure you check them out. Go for dinner. Go for lunch. Go for snack time. It doesn't matter. Tell them that Nick the Foodie sent you, and make sure you enjoy some Hala guys. WTF Where's the Food presented by the Hala guys is back. Now let's jump into some food news. Burger King is bringing back its cheesy tots. Burger King describes these as melted cheese potato bites covered in a crunchy breadcrumb coating. They come in an order of eight and are available for a limited time at participating locations. Now, Ben and Jerry's just released a new ice cream flavor called Pecan Resist. Now, this new flavor has been released with a lot of controversy, okay? Pecan Resist is the name of Ben and Jerry's campaign to resist the Trump administration. Now, this limited edition batch flavor features chocolate ice cream with white and dark fudge chunks, pecans, walnuts, and fudge-covered almonds. Whether you agree with it or not, it sure does sound delicious. Now, IHOP has a new Grinch-inspired menu in celebration of the new Dr. Seuss film. IHOP released a special menu that includes green pancakes, a roast beast omelet, and a holiday cheesecake French toast. Now, this French toast has two King's Hawaiian rolls, French toasted and layered with cheesecake filling, raspberry topping, and whipped cream. And you get these through the end of the year. I love this. Now, Target has created a special milk for the holidays, sugar cookie milk, and it's now available. And it comes in a quart size for just $2.49. This is perfect to dip your cookies into or just have it in your bowl of cereal. Panera Bread has brought back their turkey chili and autumn squash soup just in time for the holiday season. The chili is a hearty blend of dark meat turkey and tender beans, slow cooked with veggies and spices. Now, the autumn squash soup is made with a rich blend of butternut squash and pumpkin simmered in a vegetable broth. Now, both Both soups are available now for a limited time. Popeyes is selling Cajun turkeys throughout the holiday season. Each bird is seasoned with Cajun spice before being roasted and deep fried. The turkeys will be between 10 to 14 pounds and will cost roughly $50 each. Most Popeyes will carry the turkeys through Thanksgiving with some keeping them in through Christmas. Starburst is releasing something new called Starburst Duels. Now, the duels will be half of one flavor and half of another. The new flavors include strawberry watermelon and blue raspberry lemonade. These will be released in January in a single pack for $0.99 or a 14-ounce bag for $3.19. McDonald's is trying to up their chicken sandwich game. They are testing something called the Ultimate Chicken Sandwich. This is made to order with a chicken breast and sweet Dijon mustard and pickles. Now, it's being tested in Washington right now, but people say it does look a lot like a Chick-fil-A sandwich. And McDonald's is also testing sweet and spicy honey barbecue glazed chicken tenders with the chicken sandwich. Let's hope both of these products are available nationwide soon. 
Now, Serendipity 3's famous frozen hot chocolate is now being sold as an ice cream. This pint is described as hot chocolate-flavored ice cream with whipped cream swirl and chocolate shavings. They will be rolled out nationwide at 7-Eleven stores starting in January, along with other flavors like Strawberry Field Sunday, Forbidden Broadway Sunday, Outrageous Banana Split, Cafe Espresso Chip, and Birthday Cake. Each pint is going to run about $6.99. Peeps is launching a giant gingerbread man marshmallow. This is four inches tall, dusted with brown sugar, and decorated like a gingerbread man. And there are just $1.25 each, and you can find them at your grocery store or convenience store. The best part is that they only have 110 calories and are gluten and fat-free. Food porn of the week. This week, the food porn of the week coming to us from at Mr. Eats 305. At Mr. Eats 305. Make sure you give him a follow. And he posted the Croqueta Preparada from Sandwich de Miami. I'm telling you, this place is in Little Havana. Just opened fire. Fire. You got to check this out. Now, if you don't know what a Croqueta Preparada is, it's croquetas, pork, spiced ham, Swiss cheese, pickles, and mustard on Cuban bread. It's definitely food porn. I've been dying to go to Sandwich. I'm going to definitely go now after seeing this. It is epic. It's insane. Ugh, I just want to eat the screen. See it for yourself on Instagram now at the foodie, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E. Make sure you give my friend Mr. Eats 305 a follow. And of course, if you do see some food porn that you think I should highlight on an episode, make sure to tag me on Instagram at the foodie. And that's it. That's going to wrap up episode number six. Thank you guys for listening. I truly appreciate it. I have some surprises for you coming up in the holiday time, so make sure to look out for that. Of course, you can listen to WTF Words of Food presented by the Halal Guys wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, leave me a review on there. You can also listen to full episodes of WTF Words of Food on the website as well, thefoodie.com, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E.com. You can also get links, pictures, everything we talked about on the episode episode on the website as well follow me on twitter facebook instagram at the foodie t-h-e-f-o-o-d-e and i think that's it and that's it that's gonna wrap it up thank you guys once again for listening to wtf where's food presented by the hala guys my name is nick and always remember to hashtag never stop eating